From Asia Pacific Arts, this is Bullet Train, a podcast about Asian pop culture. I'm Ada Singh, and on this episode, we're talking about Japanese romance simulation games. So imagine you're alone on a stage in front of a room full of strangers. A bright spotlight shines on you, and you realize you're locked in a giant birdcage. Suddenly, someone announces that there's one more item up for auction, and it's a young, healthy Japanese woman. And the young, healthy Japanese woman is you. Would you think this was a story about human trafficking, or the premise for a Japanese romance simulation game? Turns out, it's both. It's called Kiss by the Baddest Bitter, one of Voltage's most popular otome games. Voltage Incorporated is a Japanese company that's known for bringing these interactive romance simulation apps, which have been popular in Japan since the mid-90s, to the mobile platform. In some ways, playing a Voltage game on your phone is more like reading a comic. You tap on the screen to read the next piece of dialogue, see who your character meets, and go where your character goes. But you have multiple choice questions to answer along the way. Here's a typical example. Let's say in the story you're kind of in a dangerous situation. You're kind of scared, but this guy you just met suddenly cups his hands around your face and he tells you to trust him. What do you do? A. Look into his eyes. B. Look away. Or C. Quietly nod. So it's always some variation of, do you want to advance this situation by giving him signals? Are you not okay with this at all? Or do you really not care that much and might as well see how it goes? I think I heard about these games years ago, maybe not really from people I knew, but I know I watched some Japanese movies and they kind of feature games like this. That's Mai Wen, my co-editor at Asia Pacific Arts Online Magazine. She recently started playing Otome games and writing about it for the magazine. If you're like me, you probably thought romance simulation games were a little like fantasy online dating. You meet cute boys and go out with them, like you're the star of your own teen romantic comedy. And some Otome games are very innocent and sweet like that. But others have really bizarre premises, like Kiss by the Baddest Bitter. And yes, there's something a little bit offensive about the idea that a romance is supposed to blossom as a result of you being auctioned off to the Baddest Bitter, but it's just so over-the-top ridiculous that I had to play it. Mai first heard about Voltage when she went to Anime Expo last year. The company's co-chairs, Yumi Tsutani and Nanako Higashi, are a husband and wife team who actually started making battle games targeted at male gamers. They weren't having much success, but when they started making romance games for girls, they realized they had hit a nerve. The company began in 1999, and in 2012, they expanded and opened up an American office, which is located in San Francisco, California. Now they have 26 million users around the world, and they reportedly generated 86 million in revenue last year. So Mai actually plays a lot of video games, but she's never had any interest in playing a romance simulation game. There is just something really embarrassing about the idea of playing it. I didn't like the idea that it just seemed like a very simple formula or equation that it's like, if you say these things, it will make a woman like you. It's like admitting you like to read romance novels. And even though otome is a really popular genre in Japan, Americans don't really know a lot about it. I feel a lot of people in America seem to feel that all types of romance simulation games are erotic by default, but that's not true. Many of them are more story-based. That's Michael Nakata. 
I am a junior producer at Voltage Entertainment USA. I've been working at the company for two years now. In Japan, the more all-ages friendly ones are often called galge. Gal meaning like girl and gay meaning game, gyaruge. Those are aimed at male gamers. They're actually called girl game because you can date girls in the game. While the opposite of that would be otome game, which, is the, which are the ones that are targeted at women. We like to call them the interactive romance novel apps. It's like reading a story, but you get to make your own choices in it. So for example, you can choose like, oh, I kind of want to romance this guy, or I want to romance this guy. So depending on the choices you make within the story, it decides how your romance progresses. So if you choose wisely, you'll have a good ending with them. But if you don't choose the right selections, things may not turn out too well for you. That brings us back to Kiss by the Baddest Bidder. So why is the protagonist in a birdcage being sold off at an illegal black market auction? Let's backtrack. You are a maid in a hotel. It's Japan's first real casino hotel. We don't actually have them in Japan, but this is the world of Kiss by the Baddest Bidder. And while you're cleaning, you accidentally stumble upon a secret auction. It's where all kinds of illegal goods are being traded and you accidentally destroy one of the goods that's going to be traded. Priceless, priceless vase. And to make up for that, the auctioneer puts you up for auction. In case it wasn't clear, these are very bad people. So you're getting bid on by disgusting men, you're scared for your life, and then... And that's where the five guys, five rich, amazing bad boys, come and they say, we're going to save that girl from this auction. And then, once there, you get to decide who you want to be with. Yeah, I know. It's odd I'm supposed to be grateful that they're letting me pick who I want to go home with, even though nobody's actually willing to set me free. But let's just go with it. So what are our options? First, there's the cold-hearted millionaire, who's kind of your typical Asian drama love interest. A confident rich guy who isn't that nice to you. The man guy has to be an asshole. Like, that's, that's the rule. Then, there's the womanizing thief, who tries to pick you up right after you witness his previous date accuse him of cheating on her. He calls you pretty lady a lot. Mai wasn't a fan. He was really, really um, over-the-top cheesy. Next, you meet the enigmatic artist. He's described as a gorgeous man with soft, wavy hair who happens to be the model on the cover of a popular woman's magazine you like. And who'd want to date a mysterious model artist? Just kidding to any hot male models listening to this. There's a reason why he's mysterious. So. Chances are he's going to be really weird. You're not going to know until you pick him, and that was a risk I didn't want to waste my gameplay hours on. Mai went with the fourth choice, the cool Hong Kong mobster, which I thought sounded like a terrible idea. I mean, I've seen enough gangster movies to know how this goes. Did you get kidnapped? I think I did like 10 times. I think it was a mobster thing. that I ha- it, was, it had to happen. I had to be kidnapped, and he had to save me. I mean, I got kidnapped too, but only once, not ten times. Whereas I went with the fifth choice, the slacker detective. The slacker detective seemed like the only guy that was completely uninterested in taking you home with him, which I actually took to be a good sign, considering the circumstances. But Mai didn't see it that way. He's just lazy, so he didn't seem fun. So that's how we chose our virtual men. But despite the premise, Kiss by the Baddest Bitter is really innocent. Many of these users are teenagers, so it's all PG. No NC-17 sex fantasies here. But what Michael said was true. It really was about the story. The ridiculous, slightly illogical, but entertaining storylines. 
Mai ended up having to help in one of her Hong Kong mobster schemes by going on these arranged marriage meetings, pretending that she was the daughter of another mafia lord. Before they fell in love, of course. Whereas I end up at an evil religious cult that the detective is trying to expose. I try to help him, but he's not the most skilled detective, so he gets shot and I have to take care of him. Before we fall in love, of course. We'd like to think we, we like to provide the users with situations that they'd never get to experience in real life. Like, if you're playing a game, it's like, would you really want to play a game where you just kind of have this, you have a boyfriend, you just chill out at home, maybe watch some Netflix. You know, we like to give them more exciting situations. Though Mai and I were initially skeptical, what we found was that it was possible to be romanced by a guy in a video game. Not in the sense that you'd ever pick a virtual man over a real one, but it's like imagining what it'd be like if you were Rachel McAdams bickering with Ryan Gosling at The Notebook, or Sandra Bullock working with Keanu Reeves to try to save people from a bomb on a bus in Speed. It really just depends on what you're looking for in the game. Are you looking for a crazy roller coaster ride, or are you just looking for a sweet romance? I think a lot of people think that it's supposed to be super strange and bizarre. And I'm not going to say that they aren't strange and bizarre, because some of them are. Um, but uh, I felt like playing it, it, it turned out to be pleasantly surprising, um, that it was, it was fun. A part of the reason why it's fun is that it's a little bit weird. But I wondered whether this game was very typical of the otome genre in general. To find out, I needed to talk to somebody who's played a lot of these games. Well, um, I'm Eugenia Fung. My life is just video gaming. She's joking, but she is a self-professed Otome fan and also a former Asia-Pacific Arts contributor. One of the first games she played was called Alice in the Country of Hearts, which was released in 2007. Some girls might be familiar with it because they actually released the manga out here in the U.S. And I think the games kind of follow the same storyline where it's like a retelling of Alice in Wonderland. And so Alice falls into Wonderland and then she meets like all the characters in Wonderland and like um, the White Rabbit, the Mad Hatter, and they're all like guys. <laughs> so they're all like humanoid. All of the guys are very typical of like dudes out of romance novels here, honestly. If these guys were seriously like real, they'd probably be freaks. <laughs> you don't want men like that. You do not. You don't want the one that has nothing, who thinks nothing but work, and you're the one who's like, "Here's some bento boxes I've made for you, though." And then you don't want the guy who's just like, every time you're trying to have a conversation with you, he has to say something like really raunchy. And then I love how like there's this one guy who seems like epitome of a perfect guy, but you can't woo him. You can't. No, he's just there because he's just the dude that's just their friend. <laughs> But I guess, like, that's the whole point of them. They're fantasies. She says that structurally, Otome games are not all like Kiss by the Baddest Bitter, where you get five guys to pick from right away. Sometimes you meet them along the journey. Often you have to play more than one guy to understand the full story. While it's, like, kind of choose-your-own-adventure, it's also, like, you kind of don't know what guy, like, you end up with. Unless you're going to cheat a little bit. <laughs> like, check out some walkthroughs to see, like, I want this dude, so what do I have to say to get him to like me? <laughs> and there are a lot of really creative scenarios. There's a game where you're held hostage in an amusement park, and that's where you meet your five guys. Or maybe you have to pretend to be someone's wife so he can keep his teaching job at an all-girls school where male teachers are required to be married. 
There's another really popular game where you're in a post-apocalyptic dystopian future where most humans have been wiped out and birds have taken over. So you're basically romancing the birds. Or maybe you're hanging out with five guys from the Shinsengumi police force who are in danger of turning into vampire zombies. And if you make bad choices, everyone could die. Name any story genre, and you can probably find a version of it in Atome. So I asked Jeannie, what do you think we can learn about love from Japanese romance simulation games? Can we learn anything about love? <laughs> I don't... I don't know. <laughs> because to me, there's just like... This is just like fantasy. It's like it's not like representative of real life. She says that's like asking what we can learn about love from Twilight. So of course there are certain things we should not learn. Like try not to fall for the guy who bought you at the black market auction. But it's a game about succeeding at romance. So what are these girls who play Otome learning from them, even if it's bad? And what are some good lessons that we should take away? That and more after the break. Do you like Bullet Train? If so, you should check out Asia Pacific Arts, an online magazine that covers Asian and Asian American arts and entertainment. We ask the hard-hitting questions like, what's up with all the male shirtlessness in Voltage Otome games? There's always the mandatory shirtless scene. I think for me, I went, I think he was, he didn't show up for something, so I went looking for him in the room, and then he had just taken a shower, so he came that out. That is common. Yeah, that's very common. Yes, I feel like that that's one of the most effective ways to include the shirtless scene. In my run through with Baba, like, actually all the dudes were like half naked at like chapter five. We were having a pool party. Right after picking my character, he tried to sleep in that shed with the goat and the goat ate his shirt. Who doesn't want to see the guy come in without a shirt? It's what the users love. We're talking about Otome, and now that I've played one of these Japanese romance simulation games, I'm wondering what we can learn from them. I have my Otome experts, Jeannie and Michael, so I decided to consult an expert on love and relationships. Enter Ravi Chandra. Ravi is both a psychiatrist and a pop culture aficionado. He writes the Memoirs of a Superfan blog for San Francisco's CamFest, as well as the Pacific Heart blog for Psychology Today, where he covers psychiatry, spirituality, and culture from an Asian-American perspective. I present all my Otome research to him. I kind of like the overall idea of this because, you know, I think, you know, it's better than uh, killing people or whatever in a game. It's, you know, you're trying to uh, fall in love and have a relationship, and that's, that's a pretty positive thing. I tell him the premise of Kiss by the Baddest Bitter, and having not played it, he wasn't entirely sure what to make of it. You know, on the one hand, Maybe this could be empowering to women to make choices and to take steps to get what they want. But on the other hand, it does, you know, the game scenario that you described puts the woman in kind of a vulnerable situation and she's like kind of at the mercy of men who are trying to buy her. And so that's a strange kind of scenario and message. And so there's this odd thing going on between power and vulnerability and I guess you put the woman in the game in an extremely vulnerable situation but then somehow she has to regain power. I would hope that would be the message because I could see it playing out where you know, she has to be kind of active but she also has to play into the interests of the man too which would be very disempowering. So I, I don't know, it all depends on how the games are designed. Turns out Kiss by the Baddest Bitter was created for a very specific reason. According to Michael, Voltage had surveyed their users, 
mostly Japanese girls from their teens to late 20s, and there was an overwhelming desire to romance a bad boy. Someone who's thought of to be a dangerous, someone who's kind of unapproachable. In fact, guess who is the most popular character? Who is the baddest bidder? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you that Aisuke is our baddest bidder. That's the cold-hearted millionaire. He has a very, very, very strong following. He's very charismatic. He's very confident in himself. When something bad happens, it's not like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? It's like, this is what I'm going to do. Boom. And he lets you know it. I was pretty shocked that he was the most popular character. The first time you run into him, he tells you to get out of his way, and he glares at you. And you're actually kind of scared. But Mai was not surprised at his popularity at all. There's like a word called tsundere. And that word is used to describe a person who seems to be mean or cold on the outside, but actually is nice on the inside. Like they have a word for that. And many story, I think the reason why there's a word for it is because many stories feature this type of character. I can see people thinking that like, oh, this guy is so mean and rude, but I'm going to be the one to change him. I guess. I don't know. But Jeannie agrees. She went with a womanizing thief. Another terrible idea. Fantasy-wise, you want the bad boy. <laughs> because you know in reality, that doesn't work. <laughs> but you want the fantasy. You know, you get the bad guy and you get the good ending. You don't get all this weird other crap happening. So the guys are one thing, but what about the protagonists? It is worth thinking about what kind of girl you're allowed to be, not only in Kiss by the Baddest Bitter, but Otome games in general. Some other girls kind of complain as how always the girls are just dumb. <laughs> They're just blank slates. Because you're, it's, you know, it's supposed to be you technically filling in those shoes. Because your narrative is propelled by these multiple choice questions, you do get choices, but you're often reacting. So the question is, are the girls eventually empowered? Or is it still about doing what the guy wants to get him to like you? It depends on the game, but that's something Michael says is evolving. And there are also some cultural differences at play. For Voltage, most of the games are made in Japan for Japanese audiences. So what we're playing is a Japanese game that's been translated into English. But now that Otome is catching on in the US, there are now new games being produced specifically for American audiences. So Voltage has been doing new surveys in order to figure out what an American girl wants in her virtual romance to see how it differs from what Japanese girl gamers like. One of the, the key differences is really the, the heroine. We feel that the Western audiences would be much more comfortable with a heroine that is, can you know, say her stuff more. She can, more, is more confident and has more uh, agency. So that is one thing we definitely experimented in with, with these uh, US original titles. And we've had some interesting responses from it. And I think some of our more recent titles, such as True Love, Sweet Lies, kind of shows a little bit more of that. We have a, a heroine who's more capable, and you work as a photographer, and you happen to take a photo of something you're not supposed to, some bad trade that's going on, and then you get targeted by a crime syndicate. And then a group of detectives who are also on this case, they're private detectives, end up having to, having to help you out. And then together, you try and solve these cases. Actually slaps one of the guys right off the bat in the, uh, in the prologue when she realizes that she, he's tricking her. So what they found is that American girls are very comfortable slapping men when we've been wronged, apparently. But even in a game like Kiss by the Baddest Bitter, where you start in the most vulnerable of situations, the goal is to get your happy ending. 
And part of that is realizing that the bad guys are not so bad after all. Turns out, my detective was only emotionally distant at first because he was so focused on getting revenge for the wrongful death of his former partner. And even when I thought he didn't care about me anymore, he was secretly going behind my back to convince the other guys to let me have my freedom. It's all part of the fantasy, a good guy caught up in a bad world. I think one of the number one less takeaway lessons is that we like to think that, well, love can take many forms, but it can be hard to tell what lo- who actually loves you. And sometimes even people that are look, seem to be a jerk, underneath the surface, they're actually really nice people. So I think that's one of the main themes that we like to look at. So there's more than meets the eye. I know, I know. You might be thinking, sometimes people who seem to be a jerk on the outside are actually so much of a jerk on the inside that they can't even hide it in social situations. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt. If that's really a message out there that they're trying to send, that there's more than meets the eye, I think that's a good thing. That's Ravi again. People have stories and people have identities that are far beyond what we might see at first glance, whether it's a dating profile or whether it's a game description. We're all much more complex than that. So I think that's a good lesson to carry around with you. Maybe that's a little nudge towards some direction of greater understanding of people. So my theory about what we can learn about love from Japanese romance simulation games is that when searching for love, we're ideally looking for a balance of comfort and excitement. It'd be boring if everything was completely predictable. But in real life, where hearts can actually get broken and we can't redo the story if our actions lead to dangerous outcomes, the risks we take are smaller. Maybe you pick a guy who is the complete opposite of you or someone your parents don't quite approve of or maybe even someone who's not as financially secure as you are. Whereas in the video game world, if we pick the playboy thief or the cold-hearted millionaire, it's not that we're crazy and masochistic. These stories are the ultimate safe space, so it's because of that that we're free to fantasize about the bad, dangerous men. And maybe it's not even about the guys. Part of it is that we get to be the bad girls too, make some bad decisions without any of the consequences. Is that so bad? I think it's great that women have found a way to sanction girls' fantasizing. I mean, I think society probably sanctions men's fantasies a lot in terms of uh, romance, sexual fantasies anyway. But I think this is good. Love does come out of fantasy and out of passion. And then it somehow has to meet reality, of course. And then love grows out of that reality. But we all have to have that fantasy first, I think. Uh, So that leads us towards love. So tell us what you think. If Otome games have had a positive effect on your love life, or whether they've just made you very cynical about mean men, we want to know. This podcast is produced by me, Craig Stubing, and Brian Hu. It's edited by Craig. Our theme song is by Purple Glitter, and additional music is composed by Gene Chen. Bullet Train is brought to you by Asia Pacific Arts, an online magazine published by the USC-US China Institute under the Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. Special thanks to William Hong, Clayton Duby, Venus Jones, and Catherine Gao. Check us out at bullettrainpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And find us on Twitter if you think we made bad choices and should have totally went with a hot model. 
They have to have sexy backs. Like where the shoulder blades meet? Yeah, that's sexy, all right? Cause it means like, you know, they work out too. On the next episode. Ooh, I took some MILF. What the hell is that? M-I-L-F. Mom, I'd like to f- All right, let's cut that off before he gets to the F. That's John Cho's character in American Pie explaining what MILF means. But have you heard of the Chinese phrase for hot mom? It's la ma. Yeah! Hey guys, guys, MILF! 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 That's the next stop on Bullet Train.